Welcome to the WRSU Crew, the revolutionary show to hear all things sports, from your very own Rutgers Athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe. Coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. WRSU Crew Thursday edition on NFL Draft Day. We've got Doug Willig in the uniform, the Bengals. Should have known. Tyler Eifert. Should have known it was going to be Tyler Eifert. What is... I love these uniforms. I love these jerseys, Doug. You had the Leonard Fournette last night. Now you got the Tyler Eifert today. But Eddie Kalegi, Doug Willig, and Christian Vasquez here on Draft Day. And, uh, Doug, I just... I love the jersey. Thank you, Eddie. I can't get past it. Thank you, yes. I mean, I was debating... Before I came here, what jersey I should wear today? Because of course it, it's round one of the NFL draft today, starting at 8 p.m. I was like, okay, I've got a lot of NFL jerseys. What do I wear today? Right. So I'm a Giants fan, so I'm not I'm not gonna pick a Giants jersey because that's too too basic, right? So that that puts all my four or five Giants jerseys out the window. So I was like, okay, I could wear like a JJ Watt jersey. I have a red one, and then I could fit with like a red Rutgers hat. And I was like, no, I'm gonna go with a Bengals jersey. So then it was with a Yankees hat. A little bit yeah. of a color differentiation. Yeah, I, I I did take that into consideration, but then I figured, you know what? <laughs> Need an orange one. Yeah. Orange Yanks. I have, a like, a black and gold Yankees hat, but then I was like, eh, that like, stands out too much. And, like, it, it's like a, it, like, the Yankees logo is like a plastic. It's, like, supposed to look like it's real gold, but, it, like, I figured, like, a Yankees hat could go with any color. I don't know if it does, but... I, I was like it. when you go to Lids and there's like an entire shelf just dedicated to Yankees hats and different color combinations. Yeah, some of the fitteds are yeah, yeah. crazy. I have five. <laughs> I even watch baseball. I have five, and I will only buy Yankees ones for the day that I'm like, oh, let me watch this one day, and then I can finally start repping them. I kind of I want to go to a couple games. I'd, I'd like watching it, baseball in person rather than on TV or on the radio. Yeah, this Yankees hat that I'm wearing, I got, like, outside Yankee Stadium. Like, the last time I went to a Yankees game was 2018. Like, I haven't been to an yeah, MLB game too. It's been in a while. while. But there was, like, a guy, like, you know how inside the stadium they have, like, the team store and everything's, like, super expensive? Yeah. And then, like, outside the stadium you can guy, guy, find guys selling, like, bootleg things and, like, stuff like that. There it is. So there was a guy outside Yankee Stadium selling this hat for $10. So I was like... Ten dollars for a hat's not bad, considering the ones inside are like thirty plus. So I was like, it's not an official one, but it, it, it's worth it. I think it does the job. Who's gonna know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, when uh, I was at the uh, the Sixers last regular season game, and it was the same deal. They had so many things like hats, shirts, not jerseys. Oh, they have everything. The hats, shirts, the derogatory T-shirts towards Ben Simmons. They had everything, and it was right. very cheap. Even so. at concerts as well. Yeah, like outside, they have some better graphic tees sold by some of the vendors outside of. I went to Barclays for a J. Cole concert, and they had better graphic tees outside than there were inside. I was like, oh, my gosh. And it was like half the price because, of course, I bought the one that was inside. But the one outside was fire. Other good thing, if we get you to a baseball game, Christian, you got to go to a Mets game and experience City oh Field. My God. It is, regardless of how you feel about the Mets or the Yankees, City Field is a really good I'll experience. I'll go to any game that's cheap, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, but so today, obviously, you know, there's a lot of different sports we can talk about with whether Rutgers or professional, but I think we have to lead off with the NFL draft mm-hmm. today because mm-hmm. NFL draft is at 8 p.m. First round today, rounds two and three tomorrow, and then rounds four through seven on Saturday. And the draft is in a new location this year. It's in Las Vegas, and it's been in New York for years. It was it moved around. It was in Chicago for a little bit, but now it's in Vegas. And what are you guys' thoughts on the first round? 
Well, I think it'll be interesting. First of all, wait, Doug, were you on the same team as Christian last night for... Uh... Yes, it was Christian, Brad, and I, and I had to leave early, so I don't know how we did. Oh, so I can just have bragging rights here that of the four people, because Alex Carminati has walked oh, in, well. I was the highest finisher out of all you guys. Thanks, pal. Was your Thanks team, a lot. Did your team get first place? No, we got third. Dennis and Amir third. won. Dennis and Amir. Dennis and Amir won. Christian, what did we get? We got fifth. Really? We got fifth out of out of six? You beat him. Yeah. The third third the fifth was <laughs> it. See, I, I checked the doc quick afterwards and I saw it said fifth seed and I was like I didn't know if that referred to like the standings, but I guess it did. Third so, to fifth was a very close run. Really? But how, as did, said by how the did we judges. get fifth yeah. seed? Like or fifth how They do said we, get fifth we had place? a very good draft, but I don't know. There we was had a, a very good draft. For us, what we a lot of people they, they made some flashy moves. The Jaguars wow. moves and, uh, that we the, made was Yeah, the judges yeah. were very happy with some big flashy moves being made along with good picks. We had a very good draft, but they would have liked a I think huge move out of us. It was but we as, did fleece. It was as we scripted as WWE last night. That's really? what took place. It was as scripted as WWE. That's what took place, but whatever. It was a good time. It was great seeing Troy yes. and Raj last night. Great guys. Great having them back. You know, they graduated last year. And Raj, man, what a character he is. Raj is a great guy. I knew Troy a little bit. I knew him more virtually. I think that was the first time I, I met Troy in person. That was night. the first time I met I Troy think so. in yeah, person. Because oh he mean, never came in person. I live 15 minutes away, so I would always be here. But Troy lives wherever he lives, and right. he would never be in studio at all. Yeah, and, you know, at, at that, that time last year, it would be like one person in studio. You probably only people I met were... Schmied and Chris because I had almost every single game I ever called with right. Schmied towards the beginning and then Chris was the one who taught me how like to do with the board and everything like that other than that I met no people because <laughs> it was always me by myself it was all virtual too last none of year, us ever right? met Carm either yeah, for, for last year for 19 he was always online doing yeah. Nightline so yes. he'd say yes to every single Nightline <laughs> wait hey you know <laughs> on what on Zoom hey but you, you came business, you moved in last year I right? did yes. yeah. if business has to be done and no yeah. one's gonna grab the offer I'm going for it he was a voice of Nightline you. that's I'm, how he became let, friends with let's not Neil from Times Square Neil's a great man Neil's yeah, a, a good guy. great class act of a guy Real he question. really is phenomenal have we ever met Neil in person or Neil is explicitly just a caller just a caller yeah just a caller I've never met Neil in person do we know is Neil a Rutgers alum? Is he a WRC alum? Know. All I know is that Neil's been calling it the Nightline for about 25 years. That's really? what I know. 25 That's all years, I know. really? That's what oh he said God. one time. That's 25 years. That's all I know. Wow. But Neil is a great guy. He's a class act. And Neil, if you're listening, I'm still working on that dinner, pal. I'm trying with, <laughs> with, uh, with Stringer and with Paykel and with Chiano and with the whole crew. Whoa, so really what, what is this dinner? Real quick. This I gotta is hear. A, oh, now, yeah, I know about this. No, no, no. Well, well, first off, Shannon Sharp, our deal's off because Shannon Sharp backed out. But anyway, <laughs> the dinner that the dinner that I'm talking about, the first dinner bet I I, I ever made on WRSU was with my good friend Neil from Times Square. And Neil, if you listen, it's still on the table. I'm trying to work out the figures, okay? But the point is, is that I promised Neil a steakhouse dinner with me, Neil. Coach Pico, Coach Chiano, and Coach C. Vivian Stringer all at one table at a oh steakhouse. Gosh. That's that's not going to happen. I'm trying. It, it, it would be cool. It certainly would be cool, but it's, there's no way. There's one no, day, way. no one, way. One day it will. Really? One day it will. I hope so. At the same time, though, this dinner with Amir and with Donovan Mitchell and with Geo Baker and the gang. The problem is that Amir backed group. out. I Amir heard got Amir backed scared. Out. And the Bulls lost last night, so they're done completely. <laughs> yes. The Bulls are finished. So you so won this bet. I did what... I won, but I lost at the same time because Shannon Sharp couldn't pay up. That's so why. He's, he insinuated, at least the very briefly that I heard him talk about this yesterday, that he never agreed to his end of Fake the deal. News. Is that true? Fake he, news. Was it a handshake agreement? Was it verbal? How, how did this go it down? Was it verbal. definitely wasn't verbal on it was crew. Verbal. I know it was that. verbal. <laughs> it was verbal on crew. He and I, 
he and I it is documented. he and I also shook. We we truly made a bet on this. You shook on and this. Amir followed along with it and said, Okay, let's go ahead for it. This is what took place. Okay. I'm but listening. anyway, you know, I can't change it. Whatever. It is what it is. I'll take the bragging rights, I'll move on, but Amir Lighty thought the Chicago Bulls were going to make the Eastern Conference Finals a month before the season began. Hey, and guess what? We still have the RSU Targum game next week, so you can you can drop fifteen on yes, him. Yes, that's right. And I'm right the wrong. I'm going to fleece him next week on the court. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Is, so the two v two game, I guess, fell through as well. No, 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 that, no. That's no. still happening. That that's still in the works. You, Amir, Gio, and Luke. Me and Gio, Amir, and Luke, Nathan. That's still working out. Okay. And then Amir, because he backed down, he still said he worked something out for me. So he. Okay. The deal is now is that he'll buy me Chick-fil-A. Okay. And at the same time, Chick-fil-A's I Chick-fil-A's good food? Chick-fil-A's the best. Are you kidding hey, me? Have you never had Chick-fil-A no, before? I, no, I have. I said I it's, good, it's good food. Oh, I it's you said, the, is it good food? Okay. It is yeah. the best. Chick-fil-A, Christian company, first of all. Closed on Sunday, even better. Number three, they are phenomenal, top-notch Southern product, and they're beautiful. But the point is, right. is that... I get Chick-fil-A for, for, from Amir. Okay. At the same exact time, I get to hang out with Gio and Luke Nathan over at the crib or whatever it is. Oh, over at the crib. At okay. the crib, the verve, whatever it's I, called. I, I got to bring this up real quick just because you brought up <laughs> Chick-fil-A. So I, obviously Chick-fil-A closed on Sundays, uh-huh. as you brought up. I don't know if you heard this, but there's a Chick Fil A in the Atlanta Falcons Stadium. There is. So it's is closed for every really? it's I for know, every yes. home game on a Sunday. That, that's it's been closed. like three or four years now. Yes, it's it's, it's, for a while. it's closed for every home game on a Sunday. <laughs> Wait, but it's closed. My question time. is, how packed does that get when the Falcons are on Thursday or Monday night football? Oh, I'm sure it's insane. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh. Or a concert oh. or something. Oh, concert for a too. Concert. Oh wow. But, if you think about it, with how bad the Falcons are, they're not playing on Thursday night or Monday night football. Yeah, I know. So just they're not. So closed. exactly. So there's, yeah, so so there's, there's no point of having. are not losing any money, anyways. I mean, it's incredible. But right. Amir Lighty has promised me Chick Fil A now. Okay, he'll probably right. back out now with him. But the point is, is that there, there right, was a promise. There was a new promise. A new promise. A new Ho- deal. Hopefully, the, the this new one deal. goes through. I still want my. I still want the two-on-two basketball game. Okay. I, I mean, I, I I would come to I'm watch not, if it occurs. Oh, I will please. come to watch. You are all invited. No, seriously, you you are all invited to oh, yeah. witness two-on-two history. Okay. When Geo Baker and myself fleece Amir Lighty and Luke Nathan. Now, Luke Nathan I'll have trouble with. I'll I'll, I'll admit that. I, I think Amir so. Lighty's going to be a walk in the park. It's going to be easy. Maybe that could be the prelim for the RSU Targum game. Obviously, RSU Targum is the main oh, event. Yeah. But, you know, the, 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 the the Christian pre- is a prelim. UFC guy, so, the, you know. The prelim of the WRSU <laughs> Targum game is Geo Baker <laughs> playing. That's the prelim of our game. That's the prelim. Well, the Gio real professionals come out after. Gio I mean, me. when you have Eddie Kalegi on the court, that's the real professional. Oh, my no, God. No, 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 we have some crazy. No, 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 we no. Have some, when, when you have Jack no. Basea as a starting port guard for the Daily Targum, the this guy's incredible. He is, Jack he is actually very good. I mean, he's, he's insane. He, he almost threw hands in the court, too. It's incredible, this guy. He almost, this he guy almost got Grayson Allen. This guy is an incredible player, Jack Basea. He is actually very good. And I tell you this, you know, Gio has been phenomenal. Jack Basea at this point is Gio Baker Jr. with how good Jack Basea is. No, seriously, he is. He's like LeBron James Jr. No, no, no. Okay, no, that no, is no, pretty no, high no, praise no. for Jack. But I will admit, he, 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 he really he played, phenomenal. He played really well. Jack Christian Basea, was there. I was there. I Alex was, there. was up in the WRS. You yes, both so watching the game up there. Yeah. All, three, all three of you guys so went to watch. This. We did. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So and there was a large, a large fan like there crowd was, for this. There was a solid group of people. Yeah, there, there were. Yes. Okay. Yeah, there were. Mm-hmm. And but, yeah, I just got to bring up. Okay, before I guess we're not talking to NFL drafts yet. But for this WRSU Targum game, see, I was thinking this is more like 
pickleball, right? But are we playing with positions? I mean, I see the positions yeah, listed, position. but I'm the well, starting center. Does, doesn't everyone kind of more or less do the same thing? Like, because it, it very I, I bet it's gonna be at the point we have it just there for. Lineup. Yeah. I'm, not playing a, be, I'm not playing at the power be, forward it spot. Very I'd say it'd be very <laughs> positionless. At the end of the day, yeah, it'd be very positionless. I'm I the think. starting yeah. center, yeah. but yeah. I'm matching up against a mirror lighting no matter Just what. Shooting guard, so. I mean, everyone that, here. That's okay. Everyone here is more or less like a similar height. Like, I would say. If you go from like five eight to six foot, like that four or five inch range, Giddy's probably think, the tallest. I think that takes everyone. He's like, how tall? Like six two, maybe. Maybe Giddy might. Giddy's yeah, tall. Giddy's at least. Right? I think Giddy's Schmitt at least tall. Yeah, Schmitt's David, tall. David Palumbo is tall. And of yes. course, all three of them are on the same team. Yeah, yes. Palumbo's got really? length. Those three are tall. Those three guys might be Lieutenant over six Palumbo's foot. Lieutenant Palumbo's on the same team as uh, Jake and uh, Gideon. Yeah, because we're all. He doesn't for the Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. But they're okay. So they're all over six foot. But other than I think at least, but other than the three of them, I mean, everyone else is like more or less. You know, Pro- from like five seven to five eleven. All right? I know is that we got Geo Baker Jr. as Jack Basea. right? And then we got Ron Harper, Ron Harper the third, which is who? Dylan McCoy. Oh. Okay. Dylan McCoy's our shooting guard. Okay. D- Dylan McCoy's our shooting guard. He's Ron Harper the third. Okay. Actually, eh, I, it's it's funny. I know a guy named Ron Harper the third. Really? <laughs> Do you really? No, seriously. A friend of mine runs track at ORU, Oral Roberts University. Great yes. guy. Oh, wow. Good friend of mine. So really, McCoy's Ronald Harper the fourth at this point. But the yeah. point is, is that but can we just go to like a different name? Like he's like LeBron James the third. No, 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 no. What about well? What about <laughs> no, Mul- no, 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 what about Mulcahy? Mulcahy technically ran the two a lot. Yeah, but from McCoy, McCoy, Mulcahy. Okay, the M's, I get it, but yeah, McCoy's a good guy. McCoy's <laughs> a pretty good guy. No, 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 no. Mulcahy, I'm, I'm sure, is great too. But I'm sure McCoy would love the Ron Harper Jr. comparison. So, the, so or, Alex, or the who Ron are you? The fourth comparison. Alex, who are you? Who am I? Well, you're the five, so you're Cliff, and I'm Caleb McConnell. I, I guess, guess so. I guess okay. I'm Big Cliff. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm Big Cliff. He's McConnell, you defensive know, player of the we, year. We were talking last week about all the different titles. Like, what are you going to call Gideon next year, if not Boss? And you said you're going to call him Captain. Captain Fox. All right, but there's still a lot of like. Eddie, no, you, you weren't here for this, but yeah, I said he should call him Chancellor. I mean, there's a lot of different names. No, no, there's no, Chancellor. No. There's Emperor. There's King. No, there's no. Leader. I mean, Captain no. Boss. Captain Fox. Was, my brother. Captain Fox sounds good. Captain of the Army here. Hey, I Captain mean, Gideon Fox of WRSU. Captain Gideon Mozilla Fire Fox, man. Mozilla Firefox. Mozilla Firefox. Oh, my goodness. That is. He's bringing out the... Funny story. I had to download Google Chrome for a project on my Mac, and it wouldn't let me. It said I had to download Mozilla Firefox first and And then download Chrome from that. So now I'm stuck with Firefox on my Mac. Even so I, what? What do you usually use? I guess Safari. Safari. Oh, I I have a MacBook too, but I use Chrome though. Safari. I have a, I well, use Safari on my MacBook, but at home I have a PC, Apple. so I just use. And you use Chrome or what? Use the Chrome. Yeah. Oh, okay. And Alex, what yeah, kind you of can get Safari. Chrome. 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 Okay. Google Not Chrome. a Safari or Firefox. Or... All of it's big tech anyway. This doesn't doesn't make a big, big difference. Big tech. Ooh. All of it's big tech. But Ooh. the point is, I love big tech. The point is, is that this game upcoming is gonna be phenomenal. I think uh, the WRSU Talkum game. And for next year, we have Captain Fox. We got Ed the Shed Collegi over here, which Ooh, is a great Edward Kaledwerg, right? Yes, yes Edward no. Kaledwerg. No, no, no. I yes, like I, I like the name. I, I like Ed the Shed better. Ed, Ed the, shed. the Shed. Ed the Shed's very good. Oh, what is he shedding? I don't know, but Ed Fern? the Shed. No, 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 no. Ed the Shed's a powerhouse. That's what oh. it means. Oh, the Shed. The Ed Shed the is shed. in his backyard, Ed and it's the a, shed powerful is a powerhouse. House. Ed okay. the Shed Collegi. That sounds pretty good okay. to me. I am going full Pat Beverly in this game next Friday. You oh. may think I'm a nice guy from this past year. But you're going to play dirty? Lots of, <laughs> lots of you weren't a headband, too? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm only goodness. shooting threes. 
Only shooting threes. Okay. That's all I JJ Redick, Kyle Korver type. Crushing yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll be shooting all threes all day. I'm driving I'm forward. I'm making big defensive stomps. I'm shining sharp, and I'm having myself a good time. Well, here's my problem that I'm worried about defensively. First of all, as a power forward, especially if you're covering Shannon Sharp, then all of a sudden I get flexed to having pro- probably having to cover Gideon, which is or, not going to be or fun. Or DA. Yeah, and I've, oh, been, oh, man. I've been getting murdered on post moves by Ellis, so I can't even yeah, imagine. Ellis is really? Ellis yeah. is good. Yeah, is Ellis he is, really? Ellis is a good Ellis player. is good, but size-wise, wow. Ellis is not yeah, the size Ellis is of not Gideon. So, what, Ellis and, is like 5'7", right? Okay. Yeah, Ellis yeah. Is not so he's like your Isaiah Thomas type of guy, I Ellis. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and then DA is just you know, big body. Put one shoulder down and you're done. <laughs> you're done. He's already he's already at the hoop. I'll be honest though, when I played against DA, I did not do that bad defensively. Yeah, you didn't do that yeah. bad. I was watching that. Yes, I got a block on him. I don't know how that happened, but I did. <laughs> but the thing is, you're Caleb McConnell. You're the defensive player of the year right here. So you should have no problem whatsoever, whether it's Gideon Fox or Dylan Allen or whoever else you want to name. You're Caleb McConnell in this position. Well, right now. you know who I have to be in this game. My new favorite NBA player, Grand Theft Alvarado. Oh, Jose yeah. Alvarado. Grand <laughs> Theft Alvarado. Yep. Yes. Oh, oh my goodness, that, that's horrible. That one game when he shut down Chris Paul. That was two back-to-back eight-second yeah. violations against Chris Paul. Like one of the best. <laughs> he's, he's really I blame what? Scott Foster. Oh, well, I blame Scott Foster. Oh, okay. We don't I blame, blame him. I see. No, no, no. Who, who, who's lower on your list, Karma? Is it LeBron or Scott Foster? Oh, LeBron by a mile. Okay. Scott Foster. Scott just Foster a makes Chris Paul lose every game he's ever. That, and the thing is, <laughs> how I, do you lose every I like single Chris game? Paul. Is, I like it's such Chris a coin. Like, it's it's there's no like he every game he has no, with Scott Foster he loses. Was it 0-14 I think, or something? No, like I, yeah, I think he's like I think it's 15 now. I think the funniest thing though is that there was Phoenix Force. Is it Game 7 in that series? No, it's no, tonight's Game 6. Tonight's, six. tonight's, tonight's Game 6. Booker's Devin playing. Booker is Booker playing tonight. Oh, is so he? That's, oh, good. That's big. Yeah, oh, wow. It's huge. I, should win. I think the funniest thing is that the Scott Foster kind of went under the radar this time. It, it didn't, people didn't really talk about it as much as other games. Yeah, I feel like last time. And I think yeah. the big reason is because of everything that happened with Angel Hammond yes, and it's umpiring say. on Sunday Night Baseball, which was a whole lot more blatant that than with Scott funny. Foster. That was funny. I, I saw that clip, and I don't even watch baseball that much, but I saw that. And I saw I, that, too. I saw the John Boy breakdown and everything. John Boy breakdowns. Those are... You're, you're a fan? Yes. I, I, I didn't even know, to be honest, who John Boy was until like a month ago. John and then, Boy? Who's John Boy? He's a YouTuber. He does like MLB videos. Oh, I don't, I don't watch yeah, I didn't know who he was until like a month ago, and then my friend showed it to me, and I thought, this channel's so good. I watched so many of the breakdowns. It's good Be- stuff. Best one that I'll give you a suggestion to watch is last year when they started checking the pitchers for the substances. He did a uh, breakdown of when Joe Girardi almost went to blows with Max Scherzer. It was making the umpires <laughs> rub Max Scherzer's hair to make sure there was no like sticky <laughs> stuff in his hair. In his hair. Yeah, that it's is ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, so it's, ridiculous. it's 620. Let's shift gears to the NFL draft. Yeah, big event tonight. That's the headliner Huge. today. So... I mean, there's so much we can talk about. Round one is today. Let's let's start on pick number one, and then we'll move from there. But let's each say who like we predict who's gonna go first, and then why. So, whoever wants to go first, go ahead. I'll go first now. Okay. I, now I was the Jags in the mock draft, and I picked Aiden Hutchinson, and I think he okay. should go first. Right. But from okay. what we're hearing, it seems like I think Trayvon Walker is going to end up going number one. You think so? Yeah, from Georgia, just staying in the South, going to Jacksonville. I they've seemed to be really into him after the combine, but I'd go with Hutchinson. That's who I went with in the mock draft, but I think they're going to go Walker. Hutchinson definitely, indeed, I agree okay. with that completely. Hutchinson, look, look, Walker's a good player. H- uh, 
Hutchinson gives you more of an overall balance. And really, when you compare the guys, I'm taking Hutchinson over Walker any day of the week. And look, Walker's a good player. Right. He dropped a three in our mock draft last night at the lap of the Houston Texans. Right. That's not going to happen tonight. He's yeah. going either to Jacksonville or, or Detroit, right. regardless of what takes place. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to you know Hutchinson... This guy, I thought, should have been the Heisman winner. He was just having historic year, senior year at Michigan, phenomenal numbers, a big reason why Michigan went to the college football playoff and their defense carried them there. Mm-hmm. You know, Cade McNamara, great offense, great rushing offense, too, by the, by the Wolverines. But what really made them that top-notch uh, college football playoff team was their defense, especially Aiden Hutchinson. So... Well, when we look at this Jaguars team, yes, they need offense, and they need a lot of things, mainly on the defense, especially that front seven. Hutchinson, that front D-end right there, that that's a great, perfect piece to put in there. And also, you've got Trevor Lawrence on one side, Hutchinson on the other. You know, two young stars, regardless whether it's Walker or Hutchinson, but I'm taking Aiden, and Aiden overall is the well-rounded, better player. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of Walker, so I think Walker will go there. The at number one, and I I do see Aiden. I feel like a lot of drafts, uh, or at least mock drafts recently, and just like a lot of just news that you hear is Hutchinson dropping a little out of the top three, maybe even four. Really? I saw a draft the other day had him at eight. Where'd you hear that? I it was on Instagram. I have to. I will find it because I was like eight. Who was the source exactly? Oh, I, that's why I'm gonna look at it. I it was, saw, it was I saw, on Bleacher Report. Yeah, I was I like eight. Bleacher Report. Eight. Yeah, wow. they posted. I was like eight. That's Atlanta, right? Atlanta's eight. Yeah, I think. Yeah, Atlanta's eight. Imagine that. Imagine he drops to eight to the Falcons. But that's what makes this draft so interesting. Because yeah, I feel like no one really knows who's going number one. It's yeah. changed so much in yeah, the past fair. couple of weeks. That's fair. Yeah, it's very even atop. There's a lot of different routes that people could go. Yeah, they could pick a bunch of different players. I'm mm. going to find that. Well, I mean, look, I mean, altogether, whoever's going number one's a top-notch player, and you're yeah. getting a defensive right. monster for 10, 15 mm. years. And look, Jacksonville, Detroit... Two of the worst teams in history of, the, of of football. Two of the bottom of the barrel teams consistently. Maybe they have good careers. Maybe it pans out to something for those two teams. I got no idea. But I know regardless that whether it's Jacksonville or Detroit, Walker or uh, Hutchinson, whoever goes 1-2, whatever, you're getting a good, solid franchise player that's going to give you a lot of tackles and be the face of your franchise for 10, 15 years. Sure, Lawrence on one end, Hutchinson on the other, Walker, same exact thing. But in Detroit, absolutely, whoever goes there, that's your franchise. That's your complete franchise, no matter who the quarterback is. Yeah, I'm going to agree with the consensus kind of here, especially with what Eddie said, that I think, I mean, like, I was thinking it was going to be Hutchinson for a while, but just on based on what I've been reading. And, you know, generally most years I kind of know the first pick mm-hmm. beforehand, and we don't this year, which is weird. It's a toss-up. Yeah, toss up. I think Walker is going to go one. If I, if I had that pick, I mean, I think you could go either way. Sure. It would be okay, but I, if I had to predict who's going one, I'd say Walker. i got to ask this to Eddie. The Philadelphia Eagles. What's the game plan for Howie Roseman tonight? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I was hearing that they might trade up. Really? Yeah. I I read that today that he they might they they might look to trade up. Well, here's the thing, because I'm Howie Roseman has not been a terrible GM outside of the draft. For example, the trade he made with the Saints was actually really good to set them up in this position and set them up well in the first round next year. In the case that Jalen Hurts has a bad season and they have to look to go to a quarterback next year when it's a much better quarterback draft. Bryce Young the Eagles next year. Imagine that. <laughs> hey, I mean, there's he's one oh of them. Gosh. Stroud too, but. I don't know. I don't think they should trade up. I think they should keep it where they're at. You've got two of the top 18 draft picks. Uh-huh. I think you've got to go wide receiver with one and defensive player with the other. Okay. 
but I think it depends on who's left in terms of what you grab first. If you're at 15, if someone like maybe Nakobe Dean is still out there, I think Nakobe Dean is going to be really strong in the NFL. Jordan Davis as well, who stood out in the combine specifically sure. for his 40 time as a big man on defense. Yeah. Um, if you could have Jordan Davis down there with Fletcher Cox, that is a very strong interior oh, defensive yeah. line. So if either of those guys are available, I think you grab them at 15. Receivers, I mean... I'm not opposed to Jamison Williams for the Eagles because despite the fact that he's probably going to miss a lot of time this season, the Eagles are in a better position to absorb that because they're playing for a long-term goal. They're not necessarily just playing for this season. Right, right. So I don't think Jamison Williams would be a bad move, but I would like to see a receiver who could play week one. I don't know if that would be Drake London or one of the guys from Ohio State. I think Garrett Wilson is going to be gone. Maybe Olave would be a little bit of a mm -hmm. reach at 15 or 18, but... Uh, I think we'll see a receiver and a defensive player. You no think Williams how is out. a better pick overall than Alave? I think Jamison Williams is going to be a better player. I think, okay. yeah, before the injury. That's I think Olave's a little raw, but yeah. he's still very good. But mm -hmm. also he can get. They're both phenomenal. Yeah, yeah both he's, phenomenal. Still, he's still very good, especially if he goes to the Packers. He's playing with Aaron Rodgers, and he's going to play please, very well. Please, also, please, 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 22. Either get Debo Samuel tonight, Debo Samuel tonight. I think the Jets might make that move tonight. I hope not. That's what I'm hearing. I hope not. I read that, I read that today, too. That they might make that move today, depending on what they do. Uh, first of all, how amazing is it that we have a Thursday crew at Rutgers University in New Brunswick, New Jersey, and half the people on right now are Green Bay Packers. There fans. you go. <laughs> there you go. But tonight, I better see Debo Samuel in green and gold or get traded there, or I better see Jamison Williams, Chris Olave, some top-notch receiver for Aaron Rodgers to throw to. I like Alan Lazard, they need to pick but he's line. not uh, number receiver. one. They need to pick a receiver. Absolutely. There's really no excuses because there's a lot there's of... There's no excuses. There's I, was, a, I was not even... I don't even think I was one years old in the last time they picked a receiver. There the were so round. many decent receivers that are going to be available mid to late round. There was 2002 Javon Walker. Yeah. Okay. And they have two draft picks in the first round. Two. One of them has one to be receiver. receiver. Yeah. If they both are in the receiver... Oh, my gosh. Well, this front I'm going to send him a terrible email. I'm an owner. They should oh, yeah, you're an owner. You I'm an owner also. Yeah, he's an owner as I'm well. I'm an owner also. We both are owners. The problem with... Look, and... For the past 10, 11, 12 years, not just the draft, but in general, this front office has been so inept for the Packers. And especially with the Jordan Love pick, which was just beyond the line. And he's crossed, still not available. You, he should be. Like, that pick just crossed the line with me. That was ridiculous. Especially when the, uh, the season before, he got blown up by the 49ers in the championship game. You give him one more receiver, and the next year they beat the Buccaneers. Think about that. Or this year, if you give him a better defense or special teams, for goodness sake, this team gets to the Super Bowl and wins a championship. This team needs to draft a receiver. They also need a guard at 28. Last night, I picked Zion Johnson from Boston College. If you get Aaron Rodgers a receiver and a solid offensive guard to actually protect him, that's going to help out as well. Because every single year, we see at least three of the five starting guards for Green Bay get injured. Five guys, ten guys in general get hurt for the Packers consistently per season. When three of your five starters, that's more than half of your of your of your starting old lineman get injured and can't be consistently playing with Aaron Rodgers you need a new young fresh face that 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 you can build up over time not just for Aaron but whomever the next quarterback is once Aaron leaves they have the go worst with the luck with that absolutely go with the receiver at 22 go with the guard Zion Johnson hopefully at 28 and the other thing too Aaron Rodgers every few years gets hurt and all plays it's because of the offensive yep. line because it's he gets he demolished gets, he gets backfield. rocked by yep. one and he hit. gets thrown down on the frozen yeah. tundra at Lambeau no, or in Chicago or something I, I so when like he broke Billy his Turner. collarbone it yeah. was it wasn't then I think that was I think we were playing Chicago yeah and he just 
is he got hit and no he Minnesota got Anthony Ball like didn't that, right? he do it two years in a row and then he broke it yeah there was one game there was one game in Chicago and then there was another time he got hurt in Minnesota when yeah. they were playing at a University of Minnesota and outside just, yeah and he just got yeah. rocked because oh. the line the, the line is always all over the place and it's not like the players that we have are bad they're just injured all the time you can't get to see anything Bakhtiari especially yeah Bakhtiari I, just, I love Bakhtiari. he got the big deal it tears his ACL in practice. Yep. Couldn't, he probably wasn't even doing anything. Just freak injury, tears his ACL, can't play the whole year. I like Billy Turner, but he's not right yeah. in that starting spot. He's was, a, a, he's a Jenkins is good as well, but he got hurt too late in the season, which that obviously hurt a lot. I mean, but. I mean, yes, the offensive line and the wide receiver, if they could get – depends on the defense. If, if they get a lineman at 28, I wouldn't be that mad. I wouldn't be that mad at all, no. As, especially with Z- Zadari Smith now gone. With a lot of your guys from last year gone, I think both Smith guys are gone, right? Both of them left, or no? Just... Preston got extended. Oh, oh or again, at least okay. got a new deal. Preston's still there, but Zadarius left for the Vikings. Out of all teams, out of all teams, he goes to Minnesota. No. But I would not be too mad if they draft a linebacker at twenty-eight. I want the guard more, but if they have to settle for a linebacker, let's say Zion Johnson's gone or no good line uh, linemen's available, I would not be too mad with, with too mad with a linebacker or someone on that front. As side. long as they pick the receiver before then, absolutely no, of course. Because if they pay, if they go with the other position beforehand, they better pick a receiver no, no. at twenty-eight. Twenty-two. Twenty-two must, has to 22 be a must be a receiver, or you trade that pick to get Debo. Whatever happens, I better see a receiver. I've been for talking about that re- recently with my dad. I th- I kind of feel like because obviously Debo is going into a contract year, yeah. and you would have to pay him what a, a top receiver right now, which Debo wants to get paid as a receiver, is twenty four to thirty million dollars a year, and obviously you know that's a hefty price. Debo for anyone. does more than that though. He's I know. Not, he's he does, a, but he also he said he does not want to play the running back role anymore. He only wants to be a receiver okay. because I, he's taking hits. Sure, he's going to hit the whole time because sure, he's sure. there. He was he's San Fran's whole. Offense. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. He's taking like he's the, for how young he is. He's in his first contract. He's not getting paid that. Sure. Long. For him to do as much and be as productive he as he is and get hit that much, he just played. He wants to play the receiver and just do that. Now, I was thinking for Aaron Rodgers and the way they're doing it, uh-huh. uh, a trade for maybe even Lockett, who just as a straight yeah. as a straight receiver, you don't. He's already on contract. It's not like I don't want to trade for DK because DK is in his first contract yeah. with the Seahawks. And he's going to want huge money. Obviously, Rodgers would do well with that. But Lockett's in his contract already. He's a good smaller guy that can get over the yeah, field. Right. And Rodgers loves players like that. What is that? Look and then like? res- and then res- get and then draft a big receiver like Olave. Uh-huh. Then you have Olave. You'll have Lockett. And then, you know, Rodgers awesome. throws to the rest of them. That'd be awesome. But and Jones it, also right. as well. And they could do mm-hmm. AJ in the backfield, Jones running. I love that. How does that happen with Tyler Lockett, though? What exactly has to be traded to Seattle for that for I don't that know. They, they have, obviously, they, they have a good amount of picks this year. That's fair. To to do that if they wanted to. And obviously, Seattle's going to be looking for picks. They're, just, they're gonna basically going to rebuild picks. at this point. Let me ask you this. They're on a rebuild. Let's say, let's say they draft a receiver, Olave, Williams, whoever, at 22. Yeah. Let's say they do that, but they trade 28 to get Lockhart or something like that. Yeah. I'm not, I mean, I would like that. I feel like that. it should have been done already if they would have done it for Lockhart. I agree. I agree completely. At the same time, I wouldn't mind that. Also, keep in mind this team needs offensive line help as well. I wouldn't be opposed to that deal or that move. I would go with the offensive line first and then look for Lockett later on. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just going to be very interesting. There's a lot of teams that really need to make some moves tonight. Yeah, I feel like we will have some moves tonight, some big moves. I feel like we could even see Baker move tonight. You think so? I think we could see Baker move tonight. Buccaneers? 
Maybe. I don't know where, no? but I feel like Baker <laughs> You think Brady goes to Miami again somehow? <laughs> <laughs> All right, but with that, it's 6.33. we got to take our first break, so we'll step aside. You're listening to the WRSU crew on WRSU FM New Brunswick and online at WRSU.org. Locks of the Week here on a Thursday on the WRSU crew. Eddie Kalegi with Doug Willig, Christian Vasquez, and Alex Carminati. Of course, NFL draft tonight, but you got some baseball going on. You got uh, some NBA playoff action as well. So I'll start us off. I'm looking at, there's actually only a couple of Major League Baseball games tonight, but I I, kind of like a couple of these matchups. And One of them I'm looking at is the Braves and the Cubs. Now, I did pretty well with my last baseball lock. Overall, I've recovered because I was 2-10 to start this year. I'm up to 7-11. I've gotten five of my last six locks to hit. Uh, I did a strikeout one last time, but I don't don't really see it with any of these pitchers to be that confident on a lock. I will be confident, though, about the St. Louis Cardinals playing against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Two teams, by the way, that the Mets have handled pretty well in the last couple of weeks, but... That brawl last night, that's payback. That was payback. But well, we'll, we'll discuss the brawl in a little. Yes. We'll discuss the brawl in a little bit because I do up. have some opinions. But you will be happy though because I am going to take the Cardinals. They're they're favored by a run and a half. They'll win by at least two against the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks are going with a sort of a spot starter tonight in Humberto Castellanos. Uh, Dakota Hudson is on the mound for the Cardinals. I know Dakota Hudson hasn't been as great as some people had hoped for, but uh, the Cardinals offense also from that brawl that, like I said, we'll touch on later in the show. I think they're going to be fired up after that brawl because they're clearly not too happy. Nolan Arenado was very frustrated at the end of that game with what happened in the Mets game, and they did drop two of three against the Mets. They're still at home at Bush Stadium. I, I like the Cardinals. I think they're going to cover and win by multiple runs. Uh, Doug, how about you? You got a lock? Sure. Uh, I will. You know, through the semester, I've done, like, non-traditional locks. I mean, one week I tried to, like, pick the grade on I get on assignment and all, all this other stuff. But I guess today I'll have to go. I'm not going to do NFL draft just because I think, you know, I mean, there's a lot you can bet on there. But I'll just keep this NBA. I'll go to Suns Pelicans. I think, I think that's a solid one to go on. So right now, FBI is giving Phoenix a 64.5% chance of winning. Phoenix is a three-point favorite. And right now, they are up 3-2 on the series. So if New Orleans wins this one, we'll go to a game seven. But I have Phoenix covering that minus three. I think Phoenix wins this one by more than three, and they wrap up the series in six. All right, Christian? You know, I'm always here with a combat sports lock. This week... I'm going to give two things for my thoughts. There's a UFC fight night this weekend between Rob Font and Marlon Chito Vera. It's a Bantamweight main event. Rob Font is coming in 19-5. and five. Marlon Vera, no, I'm just going to call him Chito because that's what everyone calls him. He's 18-7-1. and seven and one. He's been on a roll. After last fight, he won against Frankie Edgar, the former lightweight champion in the UFC, by the front kick right into his face. This knocked him out cold. And Rob Font's last fight was a loss to former featherweight champion uh, Jose Aldo uh, by unanimous decision. I just think Cheeto's the underdog in this. He's plus 110. I feel like he's on a roll. He's improved drastically just hearing the way he's uh, handled himself and the way he's been training recently with Jason Perillo, the boxing coach 
and uh, main coach for uh, you know former champion Michael Bisping. I feel like he's going to get the win as the dog this weekend, and then we'll pick a favorite here. Uh, the biggest, yeah, the the biggest women's boxing match of you know basically all time katie taylor versus amanda serrano headlining madison square garden first time two females have ever done that they will be headlining this saturday april 30th amanda serrano out of puerto rico and katie taylor the irish woman amanda serrano is the favorite minus 140 her powers i think is just going to be too much for katie taylor this weekend even though katie taylor is one of the best defensive female boxers ever amanda serrano for the win and Carm, how about you? 76ers and the Raptors, game six in Toronto. Sixers going to close it out tonight. I'm telling you this right now. Yeah, up 3-0, last, lo- lost the last two. Not a fan of Doc Rivers, I'll be honest with you. But I think we get the job done. We close things out. The money line right now, 125 minus Raptors plus 102. But I'll go with the spread. And the spread's a minus one and a half in favor of the 76ers. Cover it. Cover it. The Sixers will cover it, and that's all she wrote. Game six will be in the bag for the 76ers, and that team will move on to round number two of the playoffs. My only worry with the Sixers going forward, I think they're going to eventually close out the series, is this injury with Joel Embiid. With Van the- Fleet is doubtful tonight, though, so that's a big loss yeah, for no, Toronto. Yeah, no, no, I, I think that I, I, they're not blowing a 3-0 lead. But I'm just saying going forwards for the Sixers, I'm curious to see how much this hampers Joel Embiid's performance because, I hope not. yeah, he wasn't great in Game 5, so they're, they're going to need him to step up, especially since James Harden, unsurprisingly, has not done that well in the postseason. But Maxie's <sighs> been great. Maxie's Maxie's been, been awesome. Yeah. Maxie's been a great addition. But you know what? You broached the subject. We're done with locks of the week. We may as well talk about this brawl yesterday between the New York Mets and the St. Louis Cardinals. Before you have... go any further, you, you would be, be wise, wise to, to surrender, surrender, pal. I'll tell you this right now because the St. Louis Cardinals had a great, phenomenal job with that. And, uh, and, and <laughs> that, was, that was a phenomenal win. I, I like the soundbite. I like the soundbite. That was a that phenomenal was, win nice. yesterday. Just some Darth Vader, you know, just ju- just be careful. Be careful. Nice touch. That, that Sith Lord might get you. I don't know. But the point is, is that the Cardinals with a great win, when you're throwing that high to Nolan Arenado and you're trying to take him out, expect the consequences. Okay. Now, we got to talk about a few things. Let's First talk. of all, Mets won the series. They were due for Carlos Carrasco to have a bad start. The Mets have won their first six series of the season. I'm not that concerned about them losing the game. Number two. Before Nolan Arenado, it's not like this was unprecedented that he decided that they decided to throw up and in at Nolan Arenado. The night before, Pete Alonso got hit in the head with a pitch. The second time this month that Alonso has gotten hit in the head. And that's wrong, absolutely. Earlier in this game, Starling Marte gets hit. The last half inning, J.D. Davis gets hit on the foot, has to leave the game due to injury. So it was brewing. The Mets have been hit with 20 pitches in the first 19 games this season. They were due to throw one up and in. They threw it up and in at Arenado. And you know what? You got a brawl. It really wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't. What I think was kind of annoying was the coach rolling on top of Pete Alonso and like tackling him. Stubby clap. I, I mean, come, come <laughs> on. Come on. Really? Well, it makes sense. Stubby. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Alonso wasn't even the aggressor, really. But you know what? 
I, I think the I think it definitely was worth it for the Mets. You may not like the system. You may not like it in baseball that people try to hit other players often up and in. And uh, I mean, I don't really like it, but you can't blame the Mets for being part of the system. The Cardinals had been throwing inside all series that hit a couple of Mets players. The Mets' best player had been hit in the head with a pitch. One of the Mets' better hitters had already had to leave the game because of an injury. So no surprise that Nolan Arenado got thrown inside. And we've seen Nolan Arenado overreact before from being pitched up and in. Just look up the Rockies-Padres brawl from 2017, and you'll see exactly that. Nolan Arenado is a different man than he was five years ago. Different man, great player, same player, different person. I'm playing that right now. How so? How so? We look at, the, well, well, first off, great way for his team to back him up, number one. And number two, when you try to target a guy like that, and look, that's wrong when it comes to hitting Alonzo and all that going forward. That's not right. If the, the, the Mets should have been the better man in, in that situation. And as a whole, yes, it's baseball. Yes, the tendons are hot. I understand that. At the same exact time, Move on. You won the series already. You might be down by five or whatever. Don't target the opposing team's player, star player. Move on from it. Get over it. Move on and focus on your next series at home, which is much bigger, the Phillies this weekend, over this whole prolonged situation. But the point with Arenado, he's a changed person because he's finally in a winning situation and he's dominating in it. He's been phenomenal. He's a class act. He's top-notch, all-around great player. And when it comes to an overall system that values him and he's able to thrive in that he's a he's a different man he's a different person and he's having much more fun than he was back in Colorado fair but I wouldn't say he's dominating and he cost them the first game that error in the ninth inning opened the floodgates for the five run inning for the Mets and one you're gonna die you're, you're gonna smash him for one appearance I'm just saying last I, time I checked he was a key contributor to a team that won Oh, that's right. 17 games straight to make the wild card. And then what happened after that? Blown bullpen that Mike Schilt should have never been fired for. That was a wrong call by the Cardinals. That was wrong to fire him. Uh, You know, Marmol, I like him. He's not bad. Mike uh, Schilt was a phenomenal manager. And the fact that he let him go to San Diego out of all teams was wrong. I was wrong. I'll just say, Ali Marmol has now become public enemy number one with Mets fans because of his post-game press conference where he said something along the lines that the Mets were trying to endanger Nolan Arenado's life. They hit Pete well, Alonso in the head with a pitch the day before. Well, yes, fair, fair. At the same time, that was pretty dangerous. The fact that you're still trying to agitate more and keep a situation that 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 died down already, it, you keep it going. It didn't die down. The last half inning, the, the Mets, Mets should have been the been... better man in that situation and moved on. They had the series. They might have lost game three. They had the series, and they were up. They had the cards in their favor. Don't target the guy. Don't don't target the guy. But the point is, as we're speaking, I'm uh, I'm scrolling here on Twitter. My very good friend Skip Bayless made a tweet seven hours ago when he was on the air. Okay. Quote: LeBron tweets again last night, <laughs> comma about the Golden State game. Okay. So who needs more attention, comma LeBron or Brady? Now an undisputed. Of course, LeBron needs the attention. He's a drama queen. Of course, he needs that attention. Why did they? Even, okay, hold up. What, why what, did they even have these segments in the first? <laughs> yeah, that is the most random thing. They must have had nothing to talk about. Probably right about that. The whole, the whole time. You're probably how long right. Is, how long is their show? They could have talked two about hours. The, they could have talked about the draft the actual whole time. Why does right. that need to be a topic they, on there? Because probably both both of them probably don't know enough about college football to even analyze the draft. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. That's true. That's You're true. probably that not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But I just had to point that out by the Skip Bayless. That, that's classic. You're, you're a big fan of Skip Bayless. Oh, I love Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless. Yes. Is the ultimate example of what it takes to be a sportscaster. Okay. Phenomenal. Top notch. Top of the level. All He's right. a guy everyone should follow their careers and their overall attitude when it comes to being a sportscaster from. Uh, this guy is a role model. Skip Bayless is a role model. Are there any sportscasters like you particularly dislike or you think are not good role Max models? Max Kellerman. Um, <laughs> who oh, else should Max. I say? Oh, no. I don't know. He's well, if you like boxing or something like that, he is probably one of the best boxing He's a weasel. Broadcasters there's like ever been. He's a weasel. Really? Why do you just The problem him? is they threw him in the floodgates to be with Stephen A. Smith and have to talk about everything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you get comments yeah. about Andre Iguodala and stuff, yeah. and then things you get happen. Those. <laughs> if they never let him do that, because he has his own boxing show, and it's very good. Really? But they threw him to the wolves when he had to talk about everything else with Stephen A. Because no, his no. boxing, his he's been doing boxing since, like, he, since, like, before he was like even eighteen, I think he's really? been I didn't know doing that. it. Yeah. Lo- he did it locally in New York, and then just growing up, he did I didn't it. Know that? Oh, and was wow. one of the premier people. He's from and he still Brooklyn, is. isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Oh, and he, so he was oh, just wow. doing it then. But then they threw him to the wolves. I want Iguodala. <laughs> I want Iguodala. aliens of the death ray pointed at the earth. I want Iguodala. <laughs> he's crazy, but no, Ma- Max Kellerman. He's a little off the rails. I'm not a fan of him. But Skip Bayless is a real guy. What do you think of Stephen A? Stephen A is a guy where sometimes, yeah, he's he's off the radar. He's a bit too much. I like him. I like Stephen A. I do. Right. I think he's craziness. very funny. I think he's hysterical. Yeah, he yeah. does. He, he does is funny stuff. hysterical. Yeah. But there are times where he goes over the line where it's like, Stephen A, take it easy. That's a bit too much. I'll give him that. Like, again, there are times where I like Stephen A, and there are times where it's like, oh, it's a headache. You know what I mean? Okay. Colin Cowherd's a guy I like who I disagree with half the time. Oh, yeah, I disagree with him half the time. But I like him very much. I think he's, he's very, very good. good. He's a guy where, again, you can disagree with him, see his viewpoint, still disagree, and still enjoy his program. Phenomenal. He's great. So what Colin Coward lets Baker Mayfield live rent-free in his head way too much. But aside <laughs> from true. that... You're not wrong. Yeah. That's true. But... You know who is a good analyst? J.J. Reddick. I've been watching him when he's on oh, his, first oh, take. His, his also, also his podcast. Yeah, I know he does podcast. Yeah. Really? I don't know that. Here, here, this is what I got to say with J.J. Reddick. Uh-oh. I I really like his podcast. Like when I his podcast I, I watch his podcast so much, I think it's great. And then when he's on ESPN, I feel like he's like a different analyst, and I really? don't like him as much. Because yeah, uh, also you have to calm yeah. yourself. You can't say everything that you would yeah. say on your podcast. You got to tailor yourself on ESPN, and you kind of kind of conform. Stephen, like, they don't tailor himself, so it don't really make a difference. Yeah. He, just can't curse. <laughs> he just can't curse on. I gotta there. say, I mean, JJ Reddick's podcast. I mean, I listened when to like so many episodes when he had Kevin Durant on, yeah, when he had KD Jimmy on Butler on, when he had. Um, Jason Tatum on just sure, recently. Sure. He's had all these different players on, and I think it's great. But when he's on, when he's on ESPN, I feel like he gets tied into their segments, and he makes all these controversial statements. Like he was making fun of Bob Cousy the other day, and he did all this stuff, and it's just I don't know. But I do really like his podcast, though. To be fair, the Bob Cousy point wasn't that bad. I mean, so the whole argument for people right. who don't know, so they had Stephen A. Smith and Mad Dog on first take at the same time, which is already an explosive situation. They bring on JJ Reddick. Chris Russo says something along the lines that Bob Cousy is one of the best point guards of all time, and then JJ Reddick says that he played against plumbers and firemen. So, <laughs> see, like, okay, here's the thing with NBA players from like the '60s and '50s. I mean, like. I'm not saying those players would beat 
players from today, but I'm saying you also should respect their accomplishments, right? Like, if players today grew up in the 50s and 60s, like, they would not be as good as they are now because they wouldn't have personal shooting coaches and, you know, athletic trainers and the weight programs they have now. So it's just like the game evolved over time, and, like, Bob Cousy was one of the best players of his time, and certainly he kind of, you know, the evolution of where basketball is, he's one of the first players with, like, elite handles and, like, playmaking skills. So I don't think Bob Cousy was bad, and I kind of think J.J. Redick went after him a bit too much. But at the same time, you know, Bob Cousy wouldn't dominate today if, you know, with the skills that he had back then. But I don't think he was bad, though. Here's the thing. Yeah. Like, they, the, a bunch of people call out Bob Cousy that right. he didn't, like, have a crossover dribble. The crossover dribble literally didn't even exist back then. Nobody yeah. even knew what that was. And here's the thing. If you, <laughs> that was, there was no thought of even doing that. Yeah, you just dribble with one hand and you shoot the ball. It, <laughs> if you look up, like, Bob Cousy highlights, though, he was doing, like, behind-the-back passes and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. The stuff, it's just in, like, black and white footage, and it's greeny, so it's not as fun to watch. But, like, he was doing that. You can, you know, fast forward, you know, a couple decades to, like, the 70s. You look up Pete Maravich. He was doing crazy stuff with dribbling and playmaking, right? So guys like that back then were good. Just mm-hmm. even if they weren't as good as guys now, it's just because the game changes and also because they didn't have, like, they weren't necessarily dedicated to it full-time. They weren't getting paid as much money as they are now. But I don't think you should disrespect old players' like accomplishments. He's no Wilt the Still Chamberlain, though. He's no Will Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain, man, this is a guy who scored 100 points in a game one time. Very good. Wilt was the man. His dominance, yes. He was the beast. He was a beast. Incredible guy. Top five I, player of all time. I, top five? I mean, he's clearly top ten. He's o- over LeBron in a hoppy, and I'll, take, I'll tell you that for sure. But the point is this. Yes. That, but we're talking about analysts. Okay. I like Pat McAfee a lot. I do. Oh, he's great. I'm a big fan of Pat McAfee. He's entertaining. I like him very much. His show is so good. It is good. Because all those, he has all, it's all his friends on there. He went to middle school with some of these guys on there. And they just see some crazy stuff. Did you see when he wrestled Vince McMahon at WrestleMania a few weeks ago? No. No. Did he? Alex, you're not going to believe it. He he got a match because he's the color commentator for SmackDown on Friday night. Pat McAfee? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy? He's a a great, uh, he's always been a wrestling fan. And then he had a match. In NXT, which is the developmental uh, thing for WWE, because obviously at first they're not going to put a random guy up there to see. And he had a match, so and it's it's called War Games. So it's in a giant cage. And he jumped off the top of it in the middle of the match, and he actually won that match. And then he they needed they brought in new people for the commentary on Raw and SmackDown. And the Raw guy that they brought in first was terrible, abysmal. Then they brought Jimmy Smith, who is now the Raw guy, but. At the same time, they brought in McAfee. And McAfee, from the whole time, they had loved him. The fans loved him because he gets up on the table and starts going crazy. That's funny. And then Vince McMahon came on his podcast, you know, just to talk candidly, just, you know, yeah, no wrestling right? script aside. He just came on the podcast, asked him if he wanted a match, which obviously they knew that was happening. He's been training. And he had the match at Mania. And the last night of Mania, so it was, you know, probably, there's a, it was at AT&T Stadium, so there's like 80,000 people there. And he's wrestling. Every time recently that they've had a celebrity wrestle at WrestleMania, they've been stellar. They had Bad Bunny last year, who I've never seen a new person wrestle that 
month that well at WrestleMania. Then he had Logan Paul the night before, who was great as well. Then they had McAfee, who wrestles against this new great talent, who's their Austin Theory. And McAfee goes off the top rope. He's wrestling in Jordans. And then Vince McMahon decides to fight him afterwards. <laughs> I'm watching and, it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, McAfee, you know, he just gets he just gets jobbed out. And then while Vince McMahon just beating him up in the ring, Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out from the back and beats up Vince McMahon. And then he, well, Stone Cold the count, I believe, during because Stone Cold wrestled the night before for the first time in years. He had, I think, the night before he had twenty something. Who came after him too? The Miz knocked him down. To uh, probably the match? he had he had twenty something beers the night before, and then during the McAfee after he beat up Vince McMahon, there was like. 30 plus and him and McAfee are up on the ropes you know doing get getting beers thrown to them from the crowd and then McAfee and him you know do a little just a little salute to each other and then he gets stunned by Stone Cold the place is going crazy and then he comes the he does his podcast the day after because it's Sunday night Monday and McAfee is like I'll be honest I can't even walk right now I'm surprised I'm not in a wheelchair walking in here Oh my, you have to look at the clips. McAfee I'm, went off the top rope. I'm it was crazy. Right and the best part of this, Pat McAfee was a punter for the Indianapolis yes. Colts. So Adam Korzak in 20 years, maybe he'll be Pat McAfee as, as Alex has become up with Geo Baker Jr., Ron Harper the third. Yes. Maybe Adam Korzak will be Pat McAfee, McAfee Jr. Jr. Yeah. That's Australian, not bad. <laughs> yes. And Vince, Vince McMahon will be alive at 95 in a wheelchair. It'll find him in the ring. Vince McMahon is absolutely jacked <laughs> no, at 75 years old. No, insane. I, saw, I, saw insane. Him, I saw him leg press 1,000 pounds the other day. I was like, what? He's like 70 years old. Vince McMahon is jacked. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't know how he does it. I got to say, because you brought up um, Adam Korzak. I saw him at the spring game. I mean, you guys were at the spring yes. game. So you saw him you know, doing the straight-up punt, right? Yeah. He wasn't doing the curve run anymore. And I think... Is he prepping for the NFL? I mean, he's got to be. He has to be. He has to be because that's why I said last year. I was like, there's no one punching like that in the NFL. Yeah, and there's teams that could use some special teams help. We we know who one of them is, and they play at Lambeau Field. But (laughs) uh, Quiet. Although, of course, I can green and goal would be awesome. The two of you were at the spring game, right? Yeah. Plus plus Ellis. Ellis, uh, uh, Jake Mansell, and Brett. Okay, tell me about the two of you. How how was the spring game? Like, the whole experience? Like, how was it? It was fun. So... First of all, they got a very solid crowd, which was great because, of course, they haven't been able to really fill up that place since 2019. I'm glad, at least for our play-by-play demo perspective, it wasn't like the Chris Ash years and they actually played, like, regular scoring and not with the final score being 119 to 108. So that was good. Uh, we got to be in the booth. It was really fun. The yeah, food was, was great. Yes. Oh, yeah. they had food? Oh, yeah, come absolutely. on. Last year when D- Dylan, uh, Dylan, Allen, and McCoy and I, there was nothing there for us. We just got to be in the booth. There was no food. Oh, oh my the goodness. The food was great. Oh, it was phenomenal. Good, you great. missed out, pal. You oh my out. gosh! Last out. year they they fleeced us. Then we just got to go there, and it, there was obviously it was low capacity as well. It was not as much fans as could have been there, so it, we just got we must have gotten fleeced. They didn't even know where to put us. Yeah. We kept asking, all, <laughs> we kept asking all these security guards where to go, and at one point we just found an open one. And I think we just went there. <laughs> That's no, funny. The the funniest things in the game. First of all, we didn't realize that the quarterbacks were going to flip sides. All of a sudden, yeah. Noah Vedral was playing for the other team. We were, like, oh, very confused. Thank and the staff broadcast was just going berserk with all that. <laughs> and then Adam Korzak, the first half, was just the punter for both teams. Both yeah. teams had, like, back-to-back, like, four turnover on downs. Korzak ended up punting on four straight drives for the two teams. So. Nice. 
That's he got incredible. his reps in. Yeah. I, this is year five for him, right? At Rutgers? Yes. So five, that's it? It feels like longer. Like six or seven. It's been think. a while. I'm just, I want him to either get drafted or get signed to a team as an undrafted free agent sure, next sure. year. I'm looking forward to that. Just it's, it's fun to see Rutgers players in the NFL. And also considering you know how dominant he's been as a punter, I figured he would have entered the draft this year. But especially for next year, it's definitely something I'm looking forward to. For sure, indeed. With that, we'll uh, step aside. Hour one coming to a close. Hour two coming up next. One hour down. we got 60 more minutes afterwards. Only here on the Thursday Crew on WRSU-FM, New Brunswick.